0: Hello, this is Zerb. I wanted to take some time to sadly report that Jerry Lewis had passed away after Lewis, Paul, Mary, and myself recorded this episode of The Nutty Professor. He was alive and well during the time that we recorded it. We chose to do the movie Nutty Professor because uh, it was my turn to pick a movie. Uh, The poor man died of heart failure, which is sad. I mean, he was 91 years old. He was an incredible father. He was an incredible actor. Screenwriter, director, humanitarian, singer, dancer, producer. He taught directing to some of the biggest names in movies. Steven Spielberg, James Cameron. You name it, he's done it. Born March 16th, 1926, and passing away a couple days ago. That's a nice, long life. He's in heaven now with Dean Martin dancing around, and hopefully he'll meet my pop. That'd be neat, because my dad really loved Jerry Lewis. If it wasn't for my dad showing me Jerry Lewis, I wouldn't have known a thing. So sit back, relax, get up and get down. It's time now for Theater Cast tonight's episode, The Nutty Professor. We'll miss you, Nutty Professor. Is there always an app for that?
1: Uh, well, there's a lot of apps out there. Is there an app app? An app to help you make apps? There's several. How apt?
0: Very. With Zurb, right theater cast with Lewis and Zurb, right here. TheaterCast with Lewis and Zerb. Hello and welcome to episode 4 3 Episode 3
1: <laughs>
0: Of TheaterCast Pre-recorded live in the heart of Connecticut Here in k Studios Tonight we discuss the film Nutty Professor The original Yes, the original 1963 with Jerry Lewis So sit back and relax Please get your tickets Grab your popcorn, drinks Take your seat For the show is about to begin Here's Johnny. You can't handle the truth. For theater, get I'm funny how. I'm mean funny, like I'm a clown. I am you. With Lewis and Zoo. Get busy living or get busy dying. Get your attention. Get tickets. your attention. I'm Jay. I'm Boris. Boris,
1: go up. Are you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? For theater, guys.
0: I figure it would be safe to say, kicking off the show, that we are both quite befuddled. Befuddled? Maybe physically and mentally from work and the excessive uh, traveling that I have done all over the East Coast.
1: Ah, yes. I am proud to say, though, my back
0: is 98%. 98%. 98%. Per- Your back was out for a while, which is why we haven't been able to record number one. But yeah,
1: There was like a week there where I was just, I had a hard time getting out of my chair. And then once I got out of my chair, I didn't allow myself to sit down because if I did, I wouldn't be able to get back up again. It t- took me like 10 minutes. I've never felt so old for a young guy. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> and I was traveling all over the world. I went to Virginia, I went to Vermont. So I've been all the way up to Vermont and all the way down to Virginia and everywhere in between.
1: Well, I went to the northern part of Middletown, and then I went all the way down to the southern part of Middletown. I've rarely ever traveled that far. It was insane for me, too.
0: That's why your back went out.
1: Yeah, must have. Well, that and all the bricks I was carrying.
0: The bricks of uh, sorrow and contention.
1: Well, I read a pamphlet, and apparently you don't join the Freemasons the way that I thought you did. (laughs)
0: That's gotta hurt. It hurt. So, we are here to discuss one of Jerry Lewis's finest moments in history. And I was thinking, how could we start this show without just jumping right into the film? But we can start with uh, jumping right into our questions. Every show that we do, we of course have six questions that we ask our movie.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with this movie, because it was from 1963... Uh, The who, what, where, whens, and whys are short. They are to the point. Exactly. What's question one?
0: Question one is always, who made this?
1: Jerry Lewis. Question two. two.
0: (laughs) The truth is, is I do want to talk a little bit about Jerry Lewis, which I was trying to do in the car with you, and I thought, no, I shouldn't ruin any of my discussional points
1: this is a jerry lewis vehicle though it's all jerry lewis all day he wrote it he directed it he starred in it
0: and produced it and produced it there's some things i want to tell you about jerry lewis i started telling you in the car how much of an ass he is now yes we're all aware of how gringy grungy angry fed up um exhausted There comes a time in your life when you should just let bygones go or let time go up, and you say, okay, I did a great job. I'm going to retire now. He hasn't. He's still out there going nuts. He did Max Rose a couple years ago, a great movie about a gentleman who realizes that after, what, 60 years of marriage, his wife had been cheating on him the whole time.
1: The whole time?
0: The whole time.
1: Even into her old yeah you know, and, like, and well
0: maybe not into her old but
1: like retirement home uh, swinging uh,
0: well you know they're all the rooms right next door true and uh and and he made that movie. And uh, there was another movie he was working on before the passing of Jonathan Winters and all the the classic people. There's Bob Newhart in this film. There was Don Rickles, and he passed. There was a movie they were working on where there's an old folks' home and, and all these great old comedians had to put on one show to save the old folks' home. Great idea for a movie. Nothing ever came of it. Unfortunately, people pass away. All these little things, like uh, Max Rose... Didn't do squat anywhere. Didn't even make it to DVD, poor thing. Was in the theater in very select locations and got high praise, but not too high, so it didn't go anywhere else.
1: So it probably just showed up in a bunch of art house theaters. Exactly.
0: And yeah. it, so Jerry's career now is mostly um, uh, strands of what was once greatness. I mean, the man made with Dean Martin over two point something million dollars at 25 cents a ticket back in 1950 off of movies that he was making. uh, The Bell Boy, Aaron Aaron Boy, uh, some of the other movies that he did, uh, the Who's Minding the Store, um, all the classics. And uh, and now he can't even sell a bucket of popcorn even if he was holding it and giving it to you. I said it. Okay. And and Jerry, if you're listening, Mm. hey, I paid money to see you. I paid 88... Well, my daughter paid $88.
1: $79?
0: We paid 80 bucks to go see you, Jerry. And it was an incredible show, but he's just basically playing old clips. And he calls them never be seen before clips. But yes, on YouTube, you can find these clips in a heartbeat. And he's, he's playing them on a big screen. and Then the lights would t- come up and he would be sitting there going, now you can ask me questions about what you just saw. And then you ask him questions. And then he would... Anybody who ask a question that he doesn't understand which is everyone because he can't hear and he won't wear the hearing aids and, and, and he's just like what and you're like what did you say when, he, uh, when you were with Dean Martin and then he'll go it's sure nice coming to this area yeah, and he'll be crappy and it's like you just but I guess people eat it up now
1: sometimes people see past that when
0: it involves their idols true in his in the pro area for this gentleman Steven Spielberg took classes from Jerry Lewis on how to be a filmmaker. Uh, uh, James Cameron was in his classes on how to be a filmmaker. He uh, epitomized, not epitomized, what is the word? He is the pinnacle and the and the starter of the uh, the box that sits next to the camera so you can watch what's going on and then play it back immediately. He is the one who invented that. He is the one to first come up with Uh, ways of lighting sets a certain way, the first one to come up with using certain types of tapes, methods, um, how to use cameras properly, and invented new cameras, new lenses, invented all kinds of stuff for making movies and doesn't really get the credit for that. You have to look for the books and find out who did it. And he taught ways of angles, panning, uh, widescreen versus little screen. I mean, he's responsible for most of that. Do
1: you think a lot of that is what adds to his like sense of grandiosity? Yes. That he's just he is better. His narcissism is causing his <laughs>
0: foolishness. Exactly. Exactly. To a point that sometimes it's irritating. And and it, plus he's ninety something.
1: So yeah, was, I'm reading right here. Ninety-three. Um, his first credit was 1949. And his last, most recent credit,
0: 2016. Now, his first credit would have been uh, Something Goes West or something.
1: Uh, Let's see here. It says, My Friend Irma. Irma. plays a guy named Seymour. But then I think the one you're thinking of is uh, My Friend Irma Goes West. Irma Goes West. Where he also plays the same
0: character of Seymour. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, basically doing their skit that they used to do Night after night making millions of dollars, just being slapstick funny. He
1: was born in nineteen twenty six. Nineteen
0: twenty-six, I thought it was thirty something. So he's ninety-one. Yeah. Thank you for doing math. I do it well. That's good. I'll be crushed when he goes. I got to speak to him. And I've played the clip a thousand times, I'm sure other people have heard about play it right here. My name is Mr. Turby, and you are Mr. Lewis, and it's an honor to meet you. I wanted to, ask, you mentioned Max Rose was coming out pretty soon. I wanted to ask about a film called Big Finish that I was reading about. And a film what? Called Big Finish. Uh-huh. And I wanted to ask if that's a, a rumor or is that going to be a movie that you're going to appear in? I remember reading something about it, but I can't you're tell you it. I know any more than that. Okay. And, and number <laughs> two is, um, what are you looking forward to in the age of 88? What What are you looking forward to for the age of 88? I want to hit to (laughs) 88. That's all you can do is hope for
1: it. I wake up in the morning and when I open my eyes, I'm a hit. I don't have to do anything after that. Once the eyes open and I know I got another day, I'm happy as a clam. That was pretty good.
0: I just can't believe that I got a chance to talk to him. It was like looking at Santa Claus in the eye. And he... Did you sit on his lap, too? I wish I did. I probably would have broken it. 270 pounds on his lap.
1: Yeah, he's got, you know, calcium deficiencies now, I'm sure. Oh,
0: I'm sure. Drink skim. But that being said, so that's the man who made this film. Who starred in it?
1: Well, Jerry Lewis, of <laughs> course. Right. And Stella Stevens. Stella something. Um, Stella Stevens. I'll tell you in a second. Yep, Stella Stevens and
0: Del Moore. She is hot. Oh, that's a him. <laughs> Del, Del, D E L Delmore. Who else?
1: Stella Stevens, uh, Del Moore, Kathleen Freeman.
0: Stop there, Kathleen Freeman. Uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. No. How many Mads
1: are in that? How many? I think there's mad, mad, five or mad, four. Mad Mad World?
0: Yeah. Four sounds good. She was in that. She was great. She's great. She is a great actress. Uh, continue. Med Flory? Now you're going to get into names like Fleischer and Fluxer. And, and, uh, he know. just
1: played one of the like football player teens who yeah, was clearly in his 30s, but playing like a 19 19-year-old year old person. Yeah.
0: And it goes downhill from there. But uh, that's who starred in it. And uh, they all did great jobs. A lot of the same people that were always in a Jerry Lewis film, with the exception of Stella Stevens.
1: She was like the, the bring-on. She was the, the bring-on and
0: such a perfect. And there was a romance going on between them for a while. Ooh. Yeah, it got saucy. Saucy. If you could tell what girl he was dating by who appeared in what film at what time.
1: Oh, yeah, like one know. of those... Sure, I'll put you in a movie.
0: <laughs> Come on back here and show me your panties. <laughs> Excellent impression.
1: Thank You'll you. You'll be doing all the impressions for this one. I'll try my best. Oh, you're already doing good. <laughs> uh, how much money? A crap ton. <laughs> still a
0: crap ton. Still going. As a yeah, matter,
1: well, still making money. You bought the DVD, right?
0: I did Bought the DVD. And also the Blu-ray box set just came out the year before last or last year huge box set of almost every movie he's made but nutty professor has been restored and digitally enhanced and blu-rayed mint condition and a lot of stuff that quote-unquote hasn't been seen before and uh signed dvds and signed this that and the others and a great set and uh so i'm sure that brought him another trillion dollars
1: Do you think he got any royalties for the remakes of The Nutty Professor? The ones from uh, 890?
0: a good question. He helped produce those, and he chose Eddie Murphy to do those movies because he was interested in doing it. And I think, and I could be wrong, but as far as I remember, he asked Eddie Murphy to do them. And I think either that or Eddie Murphy went and asked him, could I do these films? And he got the biggest blessings because he's a huge Eddie Murphy fan. I get upset sometimes when I ask young kids... Around your age. Hey, do you ever see The Nutty Professor? Yeah, Eddie Murphy is great in that. Oh, Hercules. <laughs> and I'm like, no, The Nutty Professor. It was a great, great movie.
1: And when you uh, go to like IMDb, for example, um, and you search for the name Jerry Lewis, one of the first movies that pop up is The Nutty Professor Absolutely. because it was one of his big hits. So it made money. It made 1963 dollars. <laughs> From what I hear, those are just as valuable as uh, 2017 dollars, at least if you have them in cash.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And they had them in cash, all right.
1: But I don't even know what it would translate to in today's you know uh, dollars. Uh, the closest I could probably uh, assume would be if you equated it to like the remakes, for example. Because people got really excited about them, and they got excited about seeing Jerry Lewis,
0: and people went out to the theaters. True. And the, the, the one thing I do know, a little bit of trivia, if you will, about the movie. If you saw the movie, you'd know that he, <laughs> he talks like this when he's like, uh, surely, Miss Purdy, you don't understand that. <laughs> he said that he was on a train from somewhere to Hoboken. There's always somebody going to Hoboken. In Jerry Lewis world. And um, he was on the train and he went up to a guy and he says, do you mind if I sit here? And the gentleman says, I do not think I would mind at all if you would please have a seat. That would be fine with me, sir. And he kept that in his head. He thought that was the coolest accent he had ever heard. uh, Except there was a slight, I don't know if there was like an ethnicity to it. But the fact that the person was up here and this was the timber of the voice was hilarious to him. And he thought if he put a New York kind of twist on there with a little bit of jersey, then you have yourself a character of a of a very smart intensity that could be used and and of course it's used as a scientist on The Simpsons now profusely by um
1: Oh yeah, that voice um that voice is is Harry Shear. Sure. Def- not- definitively like the the nerdy scientist, you know, overlooked, maybe even abused scientist voice. Hank Azaria. You could put it on anyone.
0: Yes. You really could. And it's, uh, and it's so perfect. I do it at work with all my friends if we're loading up the box. I'm like, oh, hi, I got another Zoloft to go out to the people. with.
1: And if we're talking about, um, you know, trivia, uh, Jerry Lewis himself came and played his father in an episode of The Simpsons. That's true. His brain
0: got removed or opened...
1: Oh, I don't remember the episode. It was a Halloween, was a Halloween a, episode. Yeah, it
0: was a Treehouse of Horror episode. And his his brains came out, and they they took his, father brains, his father's brains and put it in his head, I think. Yep. Oh, he was the father of the...
1: Oh, of geez, the scientists from the Simpsons.
0: Stupid guy. You just said that, too, didn't you?
1: I think I said it, but in a really messed up, confusing way.
0: Okay, then I don't feel so silly for not... Catching the jive that you be pumping,
1: but he did a voiceover, and that's kind of cool because the character on The
0: Simpsons, his voice,
1: very much based on Jerry Lewis and you know oh, the Nutty Professor, and
0: love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I'm falling in love again with Jerry again. Now I'm going to want to watch his movies again because of the fact that you just you slide into this. Uh, He's a clown, and you just you feel like a little kid, no matter how old you are. At least I do, because my dad used to watch him all the time. And he would like force me to watch it. And when I was a kid, it was like being at the circus watching it. It made me laugh so hard. And then the older I got, the more I thought, you know, what an idiot. Yeah. You know, it's such stupid, because it's not cool. And then you go back, and then you watch now at this age, and you're like, that's brilliant, because you don't see it anymore. Jim Carrey attempts it, doesn't hit the... Fidelity that Jerry Lewis was.
1: There are some actors I'm sure that take a lot of uh, influence from Jerry Lewis, but um, I gotta say, when I was watching this movie, uh, I felt a unique sense of a guy who was breaking into something that had never been done before. True. And you, when you can feel that, when you can actually feel that someone is trying something new and doing it with a relative amount of success.
0: Uh, You can really appreciate it a lot more. I appreciate you appreciating that because of your age. And you're watching this basically for the first time. I'm so young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that was the first
1: time I ever saw the 1963 version of The Night Professor.
0: So that, that answers my question. What did you think?
1: Of the movie as a whole? Yeah. I thought that it was definitely a very good movie. Yeah. What do you and think of the rectum
0: <laughs> as a whole? Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to ask.
1: Anyways, um I liked it and I would recommend it to anyone who can tolerate movies that don't go at the uh, rapid machine gun pace that modern day movies go. That's if you can very actually true. sit and you have anything in the form of an attention span, you will enjoy this movie.
0: In <laughs> the form of an attention span. Amen. That's true, there's not much of that left nowadays, and that's good that you have it.
1: And also, I mean, sometimes it's just fun uh, even if you don't like the storyline, just seeing people's mannerisms and uh, the styles from, well, essentially 1963, yeah, and the way people behaved and looked and talked even, um, that was also all very interesting to me.
0: There was such an attempt at decency that... There was, and yet there was none.
1: The way they looked <laughs> and their uh, their outward actions were that of people who were very civilized and trying to be decent. And then, as soon as they opened their mouth, you were like everyone in 1963 was a dick. <laughs> they they all were trying to one up each other, and they were all they wanted to get in fights like and, today. Well, I mean, at least <laughs> today. You know, uh, you, you
0: don't curd around it.
1: You just you don't go right around into it. <laughs> it. Everyone looks like a dick and acts like a dick. These people were s- like secret agent
0: dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Very um, well said.
1: What else? You know, just about the age of the movie. Um, oh, I noticed one thing. What's that? I don't think there was any people of color in this movie at
0: all. No, doubtful.
1: Like, I think maybe there was uh, one person in the background at the very end, uh, like uh, the when they had the band playing and all that other stuff. I think I spotted uh, the only minority in the whole movie. <laughs> but it did strike me that there wasn't even an attempt to throw anyone. But I mean, also, you got to think about the environment. Most of the movie takes place in two locations. A college, which in 1963 would not have had a lot of people of color in it. No. And then also a club. And this is like, this is Jim Crow era, right? Or this is the end of it, at least. I would think so. So
0: if there was a club, then. Hey, I gotta admit it. Uh, who the hell's Jim Crow? I don't even. This is some guy. He squawked a lot. Got it.
1: <laughs> but, um. Aha! 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 I gotcha. That's what he did. Just flap around town squawking at people. <laughs> Anyways, he, um. Or uh, a club like that probably would not have anyone either. So it's not exactly out of character. What was that movie that just came out recently? Dunkirk.
0: I cannot wait to see Dunkirk,
1: by the way. I will see it at some point as well. But people were complaining that there were, like, no minorities of people of color in there. And it's like, uh, this is a World War era... In which these were European countries, like Scandinavian countries, or something
0: like that. We've gotten a little, and I'm going to sound like some backwoods hick. I don't care. It. We've gotten a little too pushy on that. I mean, if you look at the newest Star Trek, there's like an abundance, and and we haven't even hit the aliens yet. They're just flying in the room. I know. Uh, we haven't even Dinner. hit. We haven't even hit <laughs> the aliens yet. But there's an abundance of color.
1: They they did throw it in there like a splashboard. <sighs> but, um, you know, if you're making a historically accurate movie, don't yell at people because you didn't, like, force color into that movie. I know. I mean, unless it's a historically accurate movie that takes place in, like, Egypt.
0: Sometimes everything's fine in like black then, and white.
1: Then there should be very few white people in it. True. But, um, beside the point, uh, yeah... I would almost even like to go in and just research and see if there were any credited black actors in it at all. Because I doubt that there was. They were, the, um, it might at the very least be guy number one, extra, extra two.
0: Yeah, a guy named Token who was the janitor.
1: Yep, Token the janitor. But besides it being a, an extremely white movie and an old movie. And a Jewish movie and a jewish movie very very i want to talk about what actually happens in the movie
0: oh yeah that's important the i forgot story. that's what we do with this
1: so we talked about who was in it we talked about you know who made it and we talked a little bit about you know the the quirks
0: of the movie and the money
1: and the money, but I mean the money it, it made money That's all we can really say about it Let's not get into details
0: Because that's uh, not growing. as important it's, And Yeah, it's not important Go ahead But
1: what was the movie about? It was about a, a, a kooky uh, teacher, right?
0: It was about a professor a, Yep, the professor, was that was the word Rather nutty Rather nutty, yes And uh, he, his ambition in life was to uh, Teach, number one And number two Uh, impress young Miss Purdy, who obviously, in the school, was it a college or was it a high school?
1: No, I'm fairly certain it was a college. Good.
0: That that takes care of that.
1: Um, Still an age discrepancy, but a legal one.
0: Yeah, legal, I guess so, uh, in 1963. Um, But uh, the the heart of Stella Stevens. He's trying to win the heart of Stella Stevens and figures the way that he is in his uh, sir, uh, uh, his uh, current capacity would not uh, befuddle nor nor bewilder the heart of Miss Stella Stevens. Therefore, I must become a man of, of much greater stature, and what better way than with chemicals in the lab?
1: Yep, he was uh, the stereotypical, skinny, slightly hunched-over, uh, dweeb, who was easily picked on, with big old buck teeth and thick glasses and like this hair slicked. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that, but um, when you see a picture on the front of like a Halloween costume of a dweeb, it that's very close to how Jerry Lewis looked, <laughs> Look. uh, pre, you know,
0: a- as the Nutty Professor, basically. Yes, exactly. And uh, he looked uh, pathetic, and he was pathetic. Everything he attempted to do always ended up... Uh, in, you know, like,
1: the second or third scene in the movie, uh, one of his own students basically bullies him and throws him into a cabinet.
0: Filled with chemicals. Like, chemicals
1: and beakers
0: and stuff. <laughs> and because he wouldn't let him go to football practice.
1: Yeah, he was like, you got to stay here and learn. Oh, my gosh, what
0: a concept. Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
1: he got all uh uh Bad, meat-headed.
0: bad teacher. Naughty, naughty, <laughs> naughty. Yeah. And he picked him up and he pushed him into the closet. Who saved him? Purdy. Purdy, Stella Stevens. Oh, a heart of gold.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that was the moment when he was uh, uh, first like, I might have a shot. Probably. But first let me concoct something
0: no pun intended
1: pun intended
0: concoct <laughs> Gross.
1: so um i mean a few other things happened too he like blew up his classroom and that was one of the first scenes of uh uh slapstick in the movie there there are a few moments of slapstick it it breaks the reality wall uh in this movie not just with the mad science But in the physical comedy realm as well, Uh, they find him under the door that they've all been walking on when the firefighters finally figure out. Yeah, they leave after, you know, extinguishing whatever flames there were. And someone like the principal's assistant comes in or something and then finds him under the door like in the ground imprinted into the ground like wily e. coyote when he just slams into a wall too hard
0: there's a lot of looney tunes uh activity in this in this film the looney professor the looney professor <laughs> There's your favorite, which you told me about the very next day when you saw it. it oh, man profusely. So, because you were so excited. Before he realizes
1: that he's going to need to use his brain to become the suave, good-looking man that would impress Purdy, he first tries a little bit of the traditional methods of becoming, you know a strong, confident a man.
0: Manly man.
1: Including um, uh, trying out a new diet routine and exercise. And I got to tell you too, speaking of, um, you know, 1963 era uh, visions and scenery, when he goes to that gym, this isn't a 2017 gym with techno music playing on the speakers and hot people everywhere. This was a gym filled with like middle-aged men with like
0: tank tops
1: and Crap tons of chest hair.
0: Retired drill sergeants. Right?
1: Retired drill sergeants. (laughs) It was... Uh, that was humorous in itself, and I don't think it was intended to be. That's the thing that's humorous now when it was just the way things actually were in 1963. Exactly. But he walks in there. He's like a dwarf amongst these people, and he starts trying to do some of the routines that they're doing. The The weird shaker machine messes him up. The old school ropes yeah, against the, the wall. Yeah, the old ropes against the wall. And um, the, the thing that got me... I, I, I told I told good old Zerby here <laughs> pretty much like the day after I watched it that there was one scene that caught me way off guard because the first part of the first slapstick when he gets stuck under the door like that I was like okay you know he's kind of just like under the door haha <laughs> you know that's funny a little unrealistic not breaking any laws of physics here this following scene I had to pause the movie. And get all my laughs out because I didn't want to miss what was going to happen next.
0: <laughs> you were giggling.
1: I was hard. laughing too hard because it <laughs> caught me off guard. So he's lifting weights. Right. Uh, what was it? Barbell? It was a barbell. Yep. Given
0: so he's, he's lifting the...
1: a barbell given to him by a man who could probably lift it with his pinkies. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, you know, uh, spotting him. Yep. And then the guy stops spotting him, and the barbells drop to the ground, and they cut away to him having arms that now extend to his feet (laughs) all the way to his feet like long and they put lots of hair on those arms too he had lots he had like long extendo
0: hairy monkey arms still holding on to the bar still
1: holding on to the bar he didn't let go he just let he just let it it didn't dislocate his shoulder it stretch armstrong his
0: arms (laughs) to the ground and the best before you continue I know there's more to it but the best thing for that was the sound because you hear this massive boom, along with him going, Oh,
1: yeah! <laughs> they, they, uh, they must have ADR'd in that afterwards, because it, it was, it was perfect such a sound. grunt. It, it was the
0: perfect grunt for that scene. And then...
1: And then, so that, that caught me off guard. I was already dying laughing at that point. And then they do a nice little transition to the next scene, and I'm thinking he's going to be back to normal. But he's actually sleeping in his bed... And they do a shot of the foot of his bed, where he's just with with no effort whatsoever, scratching his foot with his long ass hose. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? One? I had to pause. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't roll on the floor laughing very often. <laughs> In fact, it's probably twice a year tops. Yeah. That was this my is- first one of 2017. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope it's another crazy movie that you suggest.
0: <laughs> I hope so too. That would be great.
1: But yeah, just the fact that that humor—it was so uh, sudden. Yeah, I expected it to just to be like, oh, I dropped weights on my foot type humor. You know, like uh, more Ooh, three, three Stooges type yeah, 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 yeah. slapstick. No, they, they made prosthetic arms (laughs) that went, it was, it was great. It was wonderful. And then at that point I realized that this movie was not going to take itself too seriously. Like I thought it had been doing up to that point. Now it was like, ah, I got it.
0: (laughs) I, uh, during the concert that I saw Jerry Lewis in, he talked about that scene uh, with the scratching of his foot his uh, assistant producer, uh, Bill Richmond, who worked with him in all of his movies, that he helped him with everything, um, was the one that was in a cutaway bed underneath, and he had his arms up, and he reached up and scratched his foot for him. Oh. That's who did it. It was Bill Richmond. So while he was up in bed, and then he would move his foot a nice
1: little Nice little perspective trickery.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. It was pretty good, though.
1: It was pretty neat. Uh, I think that was probably the moment when he decides he's going to, you know, create a formula. The thing we all know from Nutty Professor is that he creates a, a potion
0: of sorts to make himself enhance. And he tries again and again and again. He fills the Jeep up. Really cool Jeep from 1963, I think is a Jeep, uh, with books and books and books. And he's reading and researching and talking to his bird named Mabel, I think. Oh, that bird. And uh, I don't get people with birds. but And, uh, you know, just like uh, trying so hard to get it. And, uh, uh, and then one night he goes to work on it. And he goes, tonight's the night, Mabel. I'm going to be, you know, whatever. And the thing that drove me nuts is how long. The transition scene—it drives me crazy when, every time I'm seeing. I was like, I have to fast forward.
1: It does go on a little long. <sighs> it's uh it, like they have comedies sometimes where someone will do a long form joke, and there's that little valley in between the joke where it's not funny, but then when it goes on long enough, it becomes funny again. Yeah, I think that this fell just short of that becoming really funny again. Even though I did notice a few cool things, like every time they did a cutaway of him so he could fall into more beakers filled with random colored
0: fluids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He had a lot of beakers filled with random colored fluids. Beakers, flasks, all of that stuff. He would be a different color. Yes, he would. He was, you know, like blue, like grayish color, green. He would be changing. Oh, and his I thought he was going to turn into a werewolf, to be honest. That's the kind of transition he was making. It was painful and like scary and this dramatic sounds hair and, everywhere gorilla hands yep. oh and he got even hairier again that's true they really played up on his hair was was body hair big back then i guess it must the, have been
0: yeah the pu- puberty was quite exciting in the 60s uh, it's
1: a constant all into adult puberty just never stopped growing that body hair <laughs>
0: that's what it was gorilla people um, but
1: um Oh, and it was also like only one of his hands changed, too.
0: That's right. One was like inflamed and hairy, and the other yep, one was crazy fine.
1: hairy, like all big and, and gross looking. And then his other hand was just a normal well, hand.
0: They didn't have the money in the budget to continue.
1: I figured it was something like that, but also just he was like, it was going wrong. Yeah. Like he was going to have one last mistake before his success. But then...
0: And then they did the perfect, the perfect camera work for this, because... You're him walking. It reminded down the me of a Hitchcock scene. Oh, wow, it was beautifully done. And everybody stops and stares.
1: Yep, and people are staring at the camera. You are seeing from his perspective as he like he's coming from what? A tailor?
0: He's uh I think so by that yeah, point. He don't like, know this yet. He's though.
1: like getting a suit, but everyone is staring at him like he is hideous.
0: And it's freaky because of the fact that you cannot wait to see what has happened.
1: I again I was still expecting it to be like a reveal of Uh oh! This didn't go quite right.
0: And he enters the Cantina Club, whatever that is—the purple lounge, purple pit, the purple pit. He goes in there, and he goes in there, and uh, they do a quick zoom in on him with his lavender, teal, blue mixed purple suit, zoot suit kind of deal, and uh, he has a slight little bit of with his eyes he does a twitch that reminds you that he's still deep down in there there's a little bit an ounce left of hey but now there's hey baby how you doing and he's got a cigarette and his hair's all slicked and he is the Jerry Lewis that you know young beautiful perfect face yeah pretty good looking
1: they pulled that off perfect oh if only his attitude and his mannerisms could match his beautiful looks because um, <laughs> I, <laughs> the following scene of him going from spot to spot in the Purple Pit, which is, you know, it's, it's a lounge. It's, uh, you can get drinks. Uh, there's music. There's lots of young people hanging around. It's, it's like the hopping spot for all the college kids to be going. Absolutely. And they even allude to it in the beginning that none of the staff from the college really go there. This really is the place for the young people. Right. So him even going there in the first place is like... Oh, uh -oh. (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. But he goes, and he goes from place to place, basically being the biggest jerk in the world. And I don't know if that was supposed to be like a super suave, like, you know, oh, all the ladies are going to totally swoon over this guy. But he was not being nice.
0: Not at all. He, He intended it to be the biggest jerk. In fact, he used to get crap for it all the time saying, is he playing himself? And uh, which he is now. He now is that man.
1: When I was mentioning the grandiosity before,
0: yeah, this is grandiosity.
1: They, right. if they were, if you were doing a psych class, they could show this scene in that class and be like, "That is grandiosity." Yeah, moving on. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but he he wanted to be the he wanted it to be the most despicable person on earth, and that's what he was trying to portray, and pulled it off very well. Success. Uh, My favorite scene is... uh, Well, I could say this all through the movie. I have a bunch of favorite scenes. But one of my favorite scenes is him sitting at the bar. And the gentleman comes over and goes, Look, buddy, I don't think we want your kind in here or something of that nature. And then he goes, Oh, please, Mr. Ball Brawler. Please. Bar Brawler, yeah. (laughs) Bar Brawler. Please don't hurt me. And then he makes this fist. and (laughs) It's sort of like when you go, Yeah, and you put your fist up in the air, but not really a fist. You put your thumb on the side and... (laughs) He punches the guy twice, and then quickly, at the same speed of hitting somebody, pulls out a mirror to check his hair, and make sure he didn't mess it up. <laughs> it, it was
1: very fast, and Six and he didn't hours. he didn't get booted
0: either from the bar. No, for, nobody wanted to mess with him.
1: Yeah, I guess no one wanted to mess with him, or they were just like in awe, like when you watch an animal at the zoo. You just you you don't intervene when it starts like you know. Uh, throwing feces at the window, you're like, "Well, that's what they do." Exactly. We're just going to keep just try watching. Not, you try know? not to catch it. Oh, that monkey is bopping the other monkey on the head.
0: Great transition. Do you remember the name of the drink that he asked the bartender to make? Oh no, I forgot. What the, was it called? The Alaskan polar bear heater. Heater. Bear. Air. Something like fish. That. He <laughs> says, "Make me an Alaskan polar bear heater."
1: I, oh, man.
0: No, no because then the bartender argues with him. He says, the Alaskan polar bear what? And he goes, I didn't say Alaskan polar bear. I said Alaskan heater. You said Alaskan polar bear heater. Now get me some lime. Get me some cherry. Get me some bitters.
1: Get me basically one of everything that you have on, on your bar. This and, drink would have in reality been probably quite disgusting <laughs> and extremely alcoholic.
0: And he says, hey, this sounds kind of good. Can I try it? and go sure go ahead gives or jerry goes sure go ahead the guy takes a sip of it and then puts the cup back down and then starts pouring what's left of the uh, big uh, mixer flask into the glass and doesn't move
1: doesn't move freezes in place so, like still mm-hmm. and then you're focusing on on Mr. Nutty Professor there in the back or
0: what what, were we, what? now he is um oh
1: what did he name himself
0: that's embarrassing that but he loves
1: em- Buddy Love. That's right. Well, you know why we don't remember what his name is? Why? Because he had to make it up on the spot, too. He didn't have a name. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he, just, he just literally started hearing uh, uh, sounds from the radio and stuff like that. And that's when he didn't have a name at this
0: point. That's true. So he had, he had to, to make it he up. Had to
1: tell, uh, that's he had to come what we, up
0: with his name. We were trying to show you how that felt. Yeah, definitely.
1: But, um, yeah, so the guy, I, I think he killed him. No, he didn't he, kill him. He must have. Because <laughs> I think that, that Why drink did you
0: think that go ahead.
1: That drink was essentially poison. <laughs> he, he created a poison. He is the nutty professor. I mean he just created a potion that transformed him Good point. into the uh, future named Buddy Love. So you know, he probably was like, Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff on this bar. Uh this barkeep is being a, a, a dippy-doo shit guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. I was trying not to swear. But that was good, though. But anyways. Uh, yeah, he just mixed a bunch of stuff together, and that bartender freezes in place and then falls to the ground Well, he pushes like a him statue. gently with
0: his fingers taps after him. he finishes. The-
1: <laughs> just taps him. Knocks him just enough off balance <laughs> that he falls to the ground. Crashes. I'm surprised that there wasn't like a little cut at the end of the whole uh, Purple Pit scene where we just see that guy still frozen in place on the ground. <laughs> just...
0: That would have been a great clip.
1: And two people lifting him out like he's a store mannequin. (laughs) Yep, so he uh, goes into the bar, he gets in a quick fist fight, Uh, he like, you know. Tries to kill the bartender. He might as well have been uh, finger gunning at everyone. Hey, (laughs) hey, 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 hey. And then he kills the bartender. Right. Yep. Then? Uh, What's-her-face comes in? His
0: heart throb. Stella. Stella! (laughs) And Stella, Stella, he manages to dance with her first, if I am correct. Um, uh, yeah. Or no, he plays the piano for her first.
1: Well, he kind of, like, talks at her a little bit. Right. And she is the only person, and this must have been intentional. This is when I realized that his being uh, such a jerk in this uh, um, establishment was a not just um, a reenactment of 1963's uh, lounges, um, everywhere. This was intentional filmmaking because she's the only one who actually calls him out on his BS. She is the only one that doesn't react with, like, shock. hey, that guy's pretty cool, even right. though he's like punching people in the face and murdering bartenders. You know? yeah. <laughs> she's the only one
0: who's like, mm, I ain't impressed. No shock and awe.
1: Hello. Yeah, but then he sits down at the piano, and he sings the song, and everyone's oh. like, oh. That
0: old black magic, and I'll play a clip for you that right here. Black magic has me in its spell.
1: That old black magic that you weave so well those I see fingers up and down my spine the same old witchcraft when your eyes meet
0: mine the same
1: and I love this song it's not a bad song I love that song and his, I had to his rendition it. of it too I paid for it not terrible mm. but um yeah he see that good apparently singing. was enough for everyone to be like ah we forgive everything that he that, just did today yeah, came killing, in caused a ruckus murder but you know what? pretty swell song Mm -hmm. hope we see you around here again if you're ever in trouble sing a good
0: song you'll be fine
1: he uh he leaves with miss purdy at that point gets in her car oh (laughs) i love this part too sign of the times again 1963 he goes uh like you got a car baby or something like that (laughs) she goes of course i do (laughs) name me a college kid right now that has a car Nobody's running around with cars like that anymore. Young people are less and less having cars. Of course I do. No, you, you, nowadays it'd be like, you got a car? Of course I don't. No. You got a bus, I got a bus pass. You got, I, can, I, a I can call an Uber maybe, but no, I don't have a car. What do you think this is, 1963? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my my, In my family, I don't even know if he wants to be known as this. But my nephew now, who's going to be 20, is just getting his driver's license. Just getting his driver's license, let alone a car. In his defense, he lives in Ashburn, Virginia. What's the point? You call Uber or you just get on the thing or you get on your bike and everything is within five seconds away from you. It's no need for it. It's like living in New York City.
1: That's why I don't have a car. I pretty much oh, spend all right. my time here in Middletown. You do not have a car, but you- I do not have a car. But I work in Middletown. All my doctors are in Middletown. All my grocery stores are in Middletown. There's a movie theater in Middletown, and uh, also I stay in a lot, <laughs> and that helps <laughs> helps save money, so I can buy a car. That's no. true. <laughs> <laughs> How come every town in these these movies seems to have this one like hill that looks out? over the whole like the town with city. all the lights. Where is that? I'm sure that uh, one or two of them exist, but it seems like every single town in all of these, uh, you know, when they want to go somewhere in a car, that's and where they go, To make every out. town. They could be on a desert island, and then they'll be like, well, let's uh, go over here. All of a sudden, they would be at the top of a hill overlooking a city let's with all the lights. Let's go up to
0: Devil's Peak and take a look at yeah, over Yeah, make out a the... point.
1: Where no yeah. one's going to bother us, and we're all going to line up in our cars and creepily make out next to each other. That, that's a really fun thing to do, I guess. Porking
0: parking up the hill here. Porking parking. <laughs> um, for us, it would be, I would guess it would be uh, uh, the the Hubbard Castle.
1: I guess.
0: Because that looks over Middletown and Meriden, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, but like the woods. Well,
0: that's a good point.
1: It's just trees. You're just looking at trees.
0: Powder Ridge? Not even. The top of my hill up here
1: (laughs) from where I live? Doesn't that look at a lake?
0: Yeah. No, there's nothing.
1: I guess you could get on the top of one of them really tall buildings. Ah, we can see the whole town from here. How'd we get our car up here? Ah, don't ask questions. The Portland Bridge. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I can see that. But stopping in the middle of the Portland Bridge is, uh... Death. Less sexy and more dangerous. (laughs) And also if you stop there, yeah. you know, cops going to come up and be like, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> exactly,
0: that's a good point. And but, um, sadly, that's happened a lot recently, not to deter from our show, but
1: I, Well, I mean, say it's a prayer for the jumpers, It's cause, right there.
0: Jeez. All right, continue.
1: Well, yeah, so they go up there and um, you know, he starts, you know, making some moves and she even says that like, "Oh, you're you're actually kind of cool." And then he starts turning back into what's-his-face. He starts getting his Jerry Lewis voice. Hi! Yep, that starts getting, uh, yeah. getting into his normal speech. He starts um, up,
0: it's sort of like, um, you know, baby, there's a reason that uh, I brought you out here today because I want it. Oops.
1: Yep, and, and he starts realizing, oh, the this, potion I made, this is not a permanent fix. It's this wearing is off. It's something that's wearing off. And so he <laughs> he jumps. <laughs> He just freaks out, jumps off the edge. Yeah. I don't know how far of a fall that was, <laughs> but he just kind of like, he's catching his voice every time it changes, and he just jumps right over the little wall that's right there. He's like, oh, well, uh, uh, okay, uh, uh, jumps, <laughs> just jumps right Doesn't over. Doesn't want to be caught. Nope. And she's just looking like. Did he just jump <laughs> off the edge of Lover's Peak or whatever the hell this is?
0: And Stella has the perfect... Uh, Stella Stevens, who she is in real life, has the perfect face for confusion. Almost mixed with understanding, I guess. But at the same time, worry, but I'll see him later. And it's just that, oh, well. <laughs> I nope, can't define Gonna go home. You, yeah, just go on with life here, and I'll, I'm sure I'll see him again. But... <laughs>
1: So the rest of the movie has uh, a few scenes of of similar humor in it uh word basically every night it seems like he's going to the purple pit, yeah because he, the he takes pit, the he potion performs. again, he transforms, presumably breaks some more beakers filled with colored fluid, <laughs> um, turns into you know suave buddy love, plays the piano for everyone. And everyone's starting to fall for him in the town. Everyone's starting to learn who this guy is. He's the cool guy, new guy in town. Uh, And people start uh, wanting to know well, who is this guy? Who is Buddy Love? Like, who is he really? We know that, you know, he's a smooth talking, chain smoking, piano playing, you know, guy. Yeah, it seemed like every scene. There was actually a scene in this movie, not to uh, digress, but. Please, in I'm which about to as
0: well, by the he way. He legitimately
1: okay. was smoking a cigarette, put out a cigarette, and then immediately lit up another cigarette. And there was a scene I think too in which uh Stella did the same thing, but she actually like walked in and took a cigarette out, put out her cigarette, And then took a cigarette out of another man's mouth and was like, this is mine now. I'm going to (laughs) smoke this cigarette on you. That's the way it was back in the 60s. I know, but I mean, my goodness. That was a lot. I was born
0: into an ashtray in 1970. Really? Yeah.
1: Seems messy.
0: Not really. (laughs) I put out a few. Um, What I was going to digress to really quickly is the, you mentioned again, beakers filled with lots of color. I think because, uh, as far as I know, the Nutty Professor would have been... Well, who's minding the store? I can't remember if that came before or after it was also in color. But I think, at this point, they've kind of mastered the art of having a color movie. Um, mm, and, am I true. full of crap? This is a guess more than anything. But I would think that's probably why there were so many colors in the film. Just to make it pop a little bit, yeah, maybe. I'm, this is I'm just throwing this out there. I think uh, any um, takers? Believe me, if you don't, I don't care.
1: But also, if you've ever, you know, I'm, I'm sure you had a chemistry class or two in in, uh, in your days. Yeah, but um, real chemistry isn't usually that colorful.
0: It's always uh, if you clear.
1: want to differentiate between different fluids, you're adding color to it, or trying to create color intentionally with certain tests. You never have you know uh uh tons of beakers filled with primary colors now he's going That's off just, with
0: the frizz feeling feeling uh, looney tune
1: Yeah, he wants to create money. a scenery like I am doing something here yeah lots of Bunsen and burners, lots of presumably chemicals yeah this is this is an apparatus uh that does basically magic it's true <laughs> science magic in this case it
0: creates love
1: buddy love yep. Um,
0: But back to what you were saying.
1: Well, I don't know. He's just making a name for himself now. And um, who was it? The Dean?
0: The Dean who wanted him to perform.
1: The Dean was like, well, maybe we should uh, invite Mm. this buddy love to the um, uh, dance? Formal? What was it? Prom? uh, Something uh, like that. Well, they don't do proms. uh, uh,
0: Formal dance
1: proms. Jig. Get together. Jig. Shindig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're having a thing. Mm-hmm. They're having some kind of a... Uh,
0: uh, a thing. Yeah. What What
1: did they call it? An event. It was an event. They want him to get up in there and, and sing, presumably, the one song that he sings every the, night. The old Black Magic. The old Black Magic. It's the only one. I think probably Jerry Lewis, just that was the only one oh, he could record. to sing. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's the one he kept, uh, kept singing over and over again.
0: And at that time, that would have been Frank Sinatra's hit, who he was friends with. So maybe that was a little bit of a... Uh,
1: could be, could be. But then there's a twist. All the teachers are required to chaperone this thing.
0: Henceforth there, and thusly, so is the professor. So is the professor. He must be there.
1: So he has a dilemma now. He can't let his boss down because he's already, like, blown up the school three times. He's on notice. He is He's very close to being fired. True. And so he can't just, like, well, well, I'm just going to skip it. I'm going to be buddy love for the night. He can't do that. Illegal. Yeah, well, (laughs) illegal, uh, not a good career move. True. Put it that way. So he's uh, concocting a plan at this point. And, um...
0: The plan is,
1: what was the plan?
0: The plan was to uh, bring Switch back and forth, bring the the goody juice with him, and basically uh, chaperone part of the night, and then transform. become Buddy Love, yeah, yeah, when needed.
1: So that was his plan. His plan was to transform halfway through the night and become Buddy Love, so he can show his face as the professor. Look at me, I'm I'm chaperoning like. <laughs> <laughs> Good I can't. Job. I can't do it as good as like, you, though. Know.
0: That's all you needed. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect.
1: <laughs> um, and then turn into Buddy Love, uh, and do his singing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, at this point, Stella is like totally into him.
0: Yeah. Now like, she's she. Oh, you've in got my
1: heart, and he does soften up a little bit too. He's not as rough, but he does have still and persistently as Buddy Love. This commanding, I can get anyone to do what I want, I am now the one in power type attitude. Because before, he was the one getting pushed around. And when he took this potion, suddenly he had the ability to make people do stuff. When you look at the Nutty Professor at the beginning of the movie and then Buddy Love in like the middle of the movie, you're like wow, that is actually quite a transition, especially if you're a person who isn't like used to seeing, um, uh, Jerry Lewis, you know, in his prime, you can easily go into this movie and you aren't introduced to him as Jerry Lewis. First, you're introduced to him as the character of the (laughs) professor. Yes. But then you get to see the suave, well-dressed, smooth talking guy and then they do the backwards transition. It's much less violent. No breaking beakers filled with colored fluids. Not at all. Nope. Nobody gets he, his get voice returns. <laughs> uh, I think it was even in like the middle of the song. He was attempting to do the song and his voice starts going wacky.
0: Yeah, and then he has to do the speech and about And he realizes he can't honesty. get all the way
1: through the ston- song even. Right. And he just like takes off his
0: glasses. His
1: teeth suddenly get a little more bucky. Well, oh, he puts on the glasses. Oh he puts yeah that's right sorry he puts he can't on see the anymore. glasses. He, yeah.
0: He's like blurry now. He
1: nerdifies. <laughs> he he turns I do back that every into day. the geek into the 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 nerdy professor. Yep. And then he has uh, the, the big dramatic speech in which he tells people why he did what he did and all that other nonsense. And Very you, heartfelt stuff. And you feel the love. You you do feel um, a a moment of sympathy. For him.
0: Good speech too.
1: Not a bad speech. Yeah. Um, it almost makes you forgive how much of an ass Buddy Love is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, well, I mean, the alternative was him being everyone's punching bag. Right. And the one looked past by girls and that kind of thing. So in order to, you know, get the things which he's been denied his whole life he needed to become uh, the world's biggest uh, lovely-voiced <laughs> jerk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so... That's the film. Yeah, that's more or less the film. There was a weird thing I noticed at the end of the movie. I don't know if you noticed this. What's that? Um, there was like a weird glitch with the, with the film at the end of the movie.
0: <laughs> there was. Um, there Jerry, must have
1: been a problem. With
0: Jerry Lewis is one... Well, that's the thing. At the end of the film... Jerry, all of his films, he basically shows you that he just made a film. He he puts uh film stuff into it, or you'll see background scenes, or they'll pan out and you see the cast and. It, it looks
1: like he threw in like um, like the film tracks and stuff at the bottom at, and top of the. Yeah, the, the shot. And I was like, oh, that's weird. They must have done this once and realized they couldn't refilm it or something. So they just had to use the footage. No, he just
0: does that. He's most of his films will end with um the like like the Cinderfellow movie ends with him showing like the stage that he performed it on the movie about him being a man in a mansion with all the girls. Then they zoom out and you see the entire mansion set is a huge wall of rooms. Yeah. And uh uh minding the store they pan out at the end of that and you see the story that he filmed and it's sort of like Jackie Chan showing off all the stunts all of his he did bloopers in the and film. stunts. Yeah. yeah. He does that at the end of the film all the time and huh. uh and of course it ends with him with Stella Stevens. He and Stella go on. I think they got married and had babies, right?
1: I don't think it went quite that far. In my head it did
0: for some stupid No, uh
1: there was kind of a a scene earlier in the movie which you didn't think was foreshadowing but like when he was finally he he figured out the formula he transformed already for the first time he was like i've got something here and i need to like protect this formula and so he sends in a sealed letter a copy of the formula to his mom to no to his dad
0: to his dad
1: yes who is a person kind of, like, abused by women. (laughs) Yes, dear.
0: That's right. (laughs) Exactly. I don't want you going down there and messing around in this door. Yes, dear. Yep. And And he was um, a baby watching this. He was a baby that looked exactly like the
1: nutty professor in the crib. (laughs) That was uh, its own funny scene. And you think that...
0: My poor papa. (laughs) Yeah,
1: for the laughs. That's why they're showing that scene. Yeah. Except it's not. He was sending that formula to his father for safekeeping so that at the very end of the movie when he's the nutty professor who has kind of learned a lesson and gained a little bit of respect from the people that he likes yeah his father suddenly burst in the door of his classroom and what does he have he opened it up and he made some of that potion himself and now he's a traveling salesman are you tired of being picked on are you That's tired of right. being the smallest person in the room Wow. Well, I, here's what I got. You I know must this, have t- that. Stop the movie
0: before. I kept forgetting S- about that Some boy. some
1: kind of, I don't know. F- Thank you, Lewis. I his, totally his, forgot his about t- his tincture potion. <laughs> and then they do like the the classic last joke that the movie literally cuts in on yeah. with with like a with a with a zoom in of um the 90 professor leaving the classroom, he's like, oh, great, this is ridiculous, I'm out of here, and Stella comes running up behind him, and she's got two bottles of the potion in her back
0: pocket. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that, too. Like,
1: oh, yeah, let's get out of here, and she's got the potions, like, oh,
0: man, she wants, she wants buddy, buddy love. She wants love, baby. <laughs> Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah,
1: it was it was good. It was um definitely you know, reminded you because you can't end on a down note anyway. So they had to have that last yeah. little uh momentary laugh.
0: I've seen this movie about three billion times and I guarantee I probably stopped it where I was like, Okay, I know what happens after the speech, I'm not gonna watch it anymore because I had totally forgotten that ending part.
1: Yeah, well I watched it all the way through. <laughs> Thank you very much. I wanted to make sure I was getting everything.
0: So, let's do number five and six really quick. All right. Should there be a sequel? There was kind of... Well, there was a
1: remake, and uh, quite frankly, no. There doesn't need to be a sequel. No. Uh, not only could they not really do one f- a sequel for the 1963 version, but it, it just ended so tidy. There was no need to be Zip a up. sequel. Anything else that they do would be missing the point of the whole story of The Night Professor, which is guy improves himself with supernatural means uh maybe some people learn a lesson in the meantime that's that's all there really needed to be in that movie everything else would just be redundantly uh, convoluted yeah you don't need it
0: and redundant it'd be it'd be stupid
1: exactly now the remakes the uh nutty professor with eddie murphy and stuff i i can see that they were able to do a sequel in that one yes because it it had a slightly different effect, his potion. Yeah. It was a slimming down potion that it did make him a little bit more, you know, smooth and less awkward, but it also drastically reduced his giant weight. It allowed Eddie Murphy to jump out of that fat suit in two seconds (laughs) and be like, hey, I'm handsome and fit now and funnier and smarter. So, you know, in that case, having it be like a thing that could be sought after by a lot of people um, you know evil corporations and all that stuff understand made sense absolutely in this movie it does not they did fine with just the father you know being the traveling salesman with the be awesome Eddie, tincture.
0: And, and Eddie Murphy playing every role in that film practically was amazing he did a great job on all of the characters and you watch him and you don't see Eddie Murphy in there you see the characters that he's playing true even even his own character uh, the Professor, you look at it and it's... Something. Clump. <laughs> yeah. And it's not It's not Eddie Murphy until he is Eddie Murphy. Exactly. And uh, uh, I wish Eddie would do more work now.
1: And those movies are fine. And they yeah. aren't mutually exclusive. You can see the 1963 Jerry Lewis, A Nutty Professor, and you can see the 19... I don't know what. 90s, I think. 97 or something. Yeah. Uh, the first Nutty Professor movie. Might have even been later than that. 99? Probably. I don't know. It was in the 90s at some point.
0: Completely two different movies.
1: Yep. Completely two different movies. Similar with the concept. The potion is the only thing. Yeah. Similar concept, uh, but they're, they're standalone enough uh, that you can watch one and watch the other and enjoy both without feeling like you just watched
0: the same thing. Exactly.
1: Um, so as far as the sequel, nah.
0: Nah. I'm with you 100%. Would you have done anything different in this film?
1: Why? Um, I would have had a lot more spoken jokes instead of visuals. It, they were a lot of uh, long Slaps setup it. jokes. Ah, and so sometimes you're watching a scene and you start to grow a little impatient for, you know, all right, when when's the punchline? You know, like what's going to happen next? And like you said, the transition scene, I'm sure it was intended to be kind of funny with him that changing all the different colors long. and having the hairy arm. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, this is a long setup for hopefully a decent joke. And it doesn't quite pay off that much. If they added a lot more of um, you know, actual spoken comedy to this movie, it could have been like one of the best movies of all time.
0: True. I think it is one of the best movies of all time, but that's because I grew up with it, and it's been part of my life since, gosh, age seven. I think it's probably the first time I saw it on TV. True. And my father made me watch it. I mean, like, he wanted me to be funny. So he figured, this is where I'm going to learn funny. Although I already got it from my uncle, and my dad was pretty funny, my mom, and everybody else.
1: And I could be coming at it uh, from the perspective of someone, you know, born in the 80s, all the movies that I got in my youth started using CGI, they started becoming, you know, faster paced, uh, quicker cuts well, yeah, and crazier action and so I might have been fed that too much to the point that a movie that takes the pace that The Nutty Professor does it, it's um, difficult
0: plus you're watching a movie that these jokes were original and wonderful when they first came out but they have been replicated over and over and over again, and i 'm sure that weighed on you too, because you 've seen this a thousand times before
1: that is very true um, so it's, i wasn 't seeing anything that was uh revolutionary no because it was revolutionary right but i 'm coming after the fact i 'm seeing all the things that uh, were based off of that you know
0: creation exactly and it is a slapstick movie it 's one of them it 's one of them Buster Keaton. Uh, Charlie Chaplin.
1: I definitely could have you know, movies. just used a little bit more in the way of, um, you know, the dialogue.
0: I understand I think that it could have used because there is more. a lot missing. Uh, one scene we left out, which I won't go too deep into now, but the scene between the principal and him when when he's, he's in, in the trouble, room, yeah, it's all through the eyes. Everything is mostly through the eyes, uh, with the exception of how the chair is straightened out. Again, another. Uh, uh, Bill Richmond thing, he had his feet underneath there and he pushed up on a board to make the seat, the chair that he slumped in first and all of a sudden he oh. puts that little golden book there and all of a sudden...
1: Oh, I thought even you... Yeah, that was just, you know, you're kind of like, ooh, I feel a little bit awkward for this guy. Even, exactly. even sitting down is hard for him. Exactly. He can't even do that right. God, he just blew Slumps up in half chair. his classroom. <laughs> he's, you know, he's in big trouble. And he goes to sit down, and he even, like, what did he do? He dropped the pen the- in the, the fish tank yeah, or something? He's got, like, a piece of algae stuck to his... It. It's nonsense. What was... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to get distracted. What was with that uh, pocket watch he had?
0: Uh, the pocket watch was just, uh, whenever he opened it up, it would play this music. And I think it was something that probably was planned to come out more in the movie and never did. It came up at least like four times. I, I kept wondering myself if that watch was supposed to be something that uh, Buddy Love would have on him. And then Stella would realize, wait a minute, that's, that's oh. uh, the professor's watch. Why do you have it? But they must have written that out or it got changed or something. That's right. Because what else would attract so much attention but that watch when he opened it? So, yeah,
1: true. Um, that yeah, I guess made, that, I never, that never that. paid off. It was just weird and obnoxious, and every time someone mentioned the word
0: time, I'd be like, oh, here he comes. (laughs) (laughs) What is the next movie you would like to discuss, my friend?
1: Oh, let's see here. I've been thinking a lot about it lately. A very influential movie on my childhood. It's not going to be a uh, a, a nice modern movie like Wolverine or Power Rangers. (laughs) This (laughs) This is going to be which, by the way, I only watched Power Rangers another like four times. Really? So I think, I think I'm done for now. Maybe it's this a great month.
0: episode. By the way,
1: the next movie I wanna I wanna watch with you and then discuss the Never, Never Ending, Ending story. story. Yes, yes, it's it one is of my favorites a too. a wonderful actually. movie with amazing visuals and a, a story that really pulls you in which is meta in its own
0: way. I, I, I feel like and I'm going to be a kid again. I can't wait to do this. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I think it'll go great, and yeah. it's going to be uh, very interesting because yeah. there's a lot of technical stuff that goes along with that movie, and we'll be here to talk about it.
0: On the next... Theater cast. The, theater cast. Thank you again, Lewis. So that's it for this theater cast. And as I look at a distraught young Lewis really racking his brain there's only one question I've got to ask him join us next time when Lewis says Maho when a
1: comedian gets an audience to laugh
0: the ecstasy of that is
1: difficult to define and I think the best way I can ever ever speak of that moment is John Kennedy gave me a gift and it read there are three things that are real God, human folly, and laughter. Since the first two are beyond our comprehension, we must do the best we can with the third, (laughs) laughter. I thank you for that, and I thank you for keeping me alive, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know what to do. I thank you for coming, and I wish you all...